This is the best of daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Go to jfbelievers.com for more information. The Gospel of John, Chapter 7. Verse 9 we read, Having said these things to them, he stayed in Galilee. But when his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but as it were, in secret. The Jews therefore sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the multitudes concerning him. Some said, He's a good man. And others said, Not so, but he leads the multitudes astray. Yet no one spoke openly for him for fear of the Jews. Now we need to know that Jesus did indeed desire to be at the feast. And further, the Old Testament directives from his father actually called for him to be there. However, the successful completion of his mission required that he, well, do so quietly at this point. We know that Jesus often sought time alone. He also often moved quietly in ministry. It seemed to never be his desire to be flashy or to be out front. If it wasn't for his faithful biographers, one would have to wonder if we would ever know about his wondrous works. Wherever Jesus went, he caused a division in the people. When he is truly present and active in a place, he still does. Jesus, it seems, always causes a hubbub in doorways and alleys and whispers and quiet conversations, friend to friend, neighbor to neighbor. It was the same on this occasion in Jerusalem. Some said, he is a good man, and others said, no, he deceives the people. Those who did believe in him risked their religious and community standing, even perhaps life and limb, to speak in favor of him and his ministry. <clears throat> For those in religious power, well, they were openly hostile towards him and sought to put an end to his ministry. But the common people, they wanted to find him so they could hear his teaching and see his miracles for themselves. It seems to be the same situation even today. Throughout history, those who moved the world for Jesus have been given a similar reception. For these same reasons, as with Jesus himself, such men and women of God's front line have always been the subjects of such talk. Some will say, he's good. And others will say, no, he deceives the people. Such comes with the mantle of ministry and is worn with bittersweet resignation. Luke 21, 12 says, But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, delivering you up to synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. And then there's John 15, 20 that says, Remember the word that I said to you, A servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they'll also persecute you. If they kept my word, they'll also keep yours. Verse 14. But when it was now the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. The Jews therefore marveled, saying, How does this man know letters, having never been educated? So once Jesus had arrived, he immediately begins teaching, and the people, well, the text tells us, tells us that they marveled. Let me ask you, does the word of God make you marvel? And the teachings of Jesus, you see, were more than a marvel just unto themselves. He himself was a marvel. Yet, where was his seminary diploma? Where were his denominational credentials? How did he get 
this smart concerning life in Scripture. Verse 16 says, Jesus therefore answered them, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. Despite the lack of official worldly backing, Jesus indeed made them martyr. No doubt because his teachings were not those of his own creation. Rather, he was in effect, well, merely the postman. He would be the one who would come and deliver these critical and powerful words sent firstly from the Father. And if any man will stand unmovable upon that rock, well, he will never be moved and his words will always be powerful. But just as it is in the case of Jesus, that same man must be willing to embrace the whole of God's word in lifestyle as much as in verbal delivery. Sadly, we all know those who are quick to teach another when in fact their lives are, well, rather an embarrassing testament that they do not understand what they're talking about. 1 Timothy 1.7 tells us of those who, quote, desire to be teachers, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm, end quote. Verse 17 of our text says, If anyone desires to do his will, he will know about the teachings, whether it is from God or if I am speaking from myself. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Now, in order to truly understand God's teaching, one must be more than willing to just do his will. He must be even desirous and even passionate to do his will. He must, in fact, be busy about the Lord's will. For if a person is truly wanting and seeking to know what is the truth, God will indeed show it to him. This is our Lord's promise. However, along with this promise comes a warning. We know that we have this dangerous ability to speak from ourselves. And when we do, we inevitably do so to seek our own glory. And any teaching I give ought to seek for the glory of God. And there's no guarantee, therefore, of its factual state. Furthermore, to speak in and for His glory is to preach in righteousness. According to the facts, according to the scriptures, and to do so in any other fashion is to do so alone, void of the Holy Spirit. John Corson once said, Jesus says that if a man will do his will, he will know his truth. Revelation is apparently direct, directly connected to application. And if we do what we already have been told to do, God will then give us more. Often we don't do what we already know to do. And then we wonder why nothing is moving, why we are failing to grow, and why we fail to have clarity. Truly, obedience is the door through which revelation enters. End quote. Verse 19, didn't Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The multitude answered, you have a demon. Who seeks to kill you? Now the people clung to the law, but it seems they never actually obeyed the law. They admired and revered the law, but it never changed their lives. How many people today think the same towards the Bible as a whole? I mean, we respect it, perhaps we even esteem it, but do we follow it? That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.